Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to the Ohioan. It is Thursday, April 29th. <laughs> I've got no idea what day it is anymore, yeah. Craig. I, I'm feeling better, but welcome to – we're heading back to a live edition of the Ohioan. Uh, you'll get the whole uh, four segments today. Uh, remember, coming up on Friday, uh, Craig's Pop Culture. I mean, Craig has been – Hundreds of hours of pop culture. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be the first 100-hour-long podcast. Now, Craig's got a bunch of pop, uh, pop culture segments. And then Saturday, it's a chance for Paul Yanchek and Joe to do what they do best. Um, you'll see a segment about a uh, gender reveal party gone wrong. Ooh. Craig, they use yeah. 80 pounds of explosives to reveal the gender wow. reveal party. And I tried to defend the guy and Paul and Joe made fun of me for a half hour. It was great. <laughs> and then, uh, Paul, we're catching up. Um, been kind of, haven't had time to upload these over the past couple of weeks, but Paul likes reviewing books. He's got three book reviews. So the Paul Joe podcast will have gender reveal craziness and a bunch of book reviews from Paul. So check that out. And then Sunday, we're going to make that, we're eventually going to turn that into a best of show, but we've got a couple segments we haven't gotten to yet. Um, the other day, um, Craig and I got to interview Danny King of the Columbus Dispatch and Sharita Gauthier of the Canton Repository. You'll see that. Anything extra we could share there. Um, and also, Friday, before I forget, uh, Craig... Well, no, I'm sorry. Chris Rupps of Rupps Comic in Fremont. I was talking about um, Comic Day coming up on Saturday and how you can get involved. So lots going on. But let's get into the business of today, Craig. I hate (laughs) – I I don't like when people – we've got to report the news, you know, in journalism. But I think some people – kind of gleefully take advantage of a big story and say, how can I get myself involved? Uh, Craig, I spent some time in PR, and that's what we did. That's PR 101. You say, hey, how do you take this national story that the media is interested in? How can you insert yourself in this story and you make hay? Well, uh, Lenny's Pub, it's down on the west side of Cincinnati, appears to be squarely doing that. Um, Obviously, last week we had the horrific shooting of the 16-year-old girl. Um, I mean, however you sign on this, the police are right or not, you know, it's horrific. It's sad. Uh, a teen's dead. I mean, it, no one should be happy about that. And then, um, you know, LeBron James weighs in, which, as we talked about last week, he's a human being. He's got the right to weigh in like we all do. And, you know, probably not the best time tweet, but 
you know, we've all been there. We've all done that. And so Lee's promoter comes out and says, hey, you know, I'm not going to show NBA games on my one bar until they expel LeBron from the league, which obviously that's not going to happen. LeBron makes way too much money for the NBA for the NBA to expel him. So, you know, we uh, since I inquire, one of the papers that Craig and I uh, work with in our network, um, they went back, which makes sense. As journalists, you should do that. Hey, how's it going? And they're like, yeah, we're doing fine. Uh, been bu- never been busier. And, you know, there's a gas station on the street saying, hey, thanks, LeBron. Lenny's is now busier. I, I, I don't know, Craig. I mean, we talk about it because it's doing well on a network, but and, and we're just... I, I, we're just taking advantage of a national story. And when I say we, I'm talking about the guy with Lenny's Pub. I'm not sure how that does anything for them down the road. I mean, it seems a little silly, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like this was a very calculated effort to dredge up interest in this person's bar. Um not that you can't disagree with what LeBron James said, and I'm and I'm not saying that this person didn't actually disagree with it, but to kind of take it one step further and, and, and make it like a social media explosion by just saying, oh, well, we're not going to play any LeBron James games until he's expelled from the NBA, it just seems like a pretty calculated effort on, on the bar owner's part to dredge up interest in their bar, knowing that, by saying this and then having LeBron retort that that people are going to like go to that bar now because they think that this bar owner is some Patriot now because they stood up to LeBron James and, and what they perceive as something bad that LeBron said. So it just seems like a lot of this was pretty cold and calculated in a, in a, in a way to try and get more publicity for the bar without having to pay for advertising is essentially what it comes down to for me. Well, and the other thing that disturbs me, you know, it goes to the story, and on his website, you can leave comments, but, you know, you have to say yes or no on do you support the law enforcement. And I think if you're approaching it from the angle, you're missing the point. I think, and we hear this in our political discourse right now, okay, you know, it's either you support the police or you hate the police. No, there's a middle ground. There's a, hey, I support law enforcement. I admire people who go out every night, not sure if they're going to come home alive right. and they're dedicating to protect us. Yes, I have and I always will. That said, not all of the police policies work. Maybe right. the police policies need changed after a while. So you can support law enforcement, but you can say, hey, the policies may need changed. I, I don't like where we're as a society where it's like, all right, you either love this or you hate this. There's nothing in between. Right. Oh, you're speaking bad about the police? Oh, you hate the police. Oh, you want the police disbanded? You want anarchy and you want you know riots in the streets? No. There can't be better ways of doing things. Look at all the innovations we made in America just with our economy and our strategy and the way we deal with problems. I mean, we approach things from different ways. I mean, 16th Amendment abolished slavery. I mean, for some people, slavery worked. Now, slavery would not work for me, you know, from the beginning of America, but for a decent number of Americans, it worked. We corrected that. We changed that. We did away with things that didn't work. 
Well, I'm not comparing police policy to slavery, but what I'm saying is we can change in society. We can't just say, oh, do you love America? Well, don't say anything bad about it. No. We Let's get better. Let's make better rules and everything. Right. Uh, same, same thing for police par- policy. So, hey, I don't know. That, that's just, it, It's very troubling <laughs> to be. It honest. is. Yeah, it is. And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not the NBA fan I used to be. But I'm not going to a bar to watch the NBA game. I mean, I can see more of you, if you go to a bar or, or a sports restaurant or whatever the case might be, it, usually football is the sport to watch. Now, watch. I'm sure there's a bunch of NBA fans out to say, hey, I'm watching the NBA no matter what. Well, yeah, kind of hard to watch in a bar, no matter how big the TV is. You, you know, you're like, it's a little bit far away, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are some people that watch games at the bar that are non-football games, but yeah, I think football tends to be the best, you know, the best the best sport to translate to the bars, the, the that scene, no matter how big or little the TVs are. But, you know, I'm sure that there are, and I don't even know if this person even played the NBA games to begin with. I'm assuming they did, but, you know, it's hard to know whether or not, you know, these people play NBA games on TV or if they have TVs and they, if they do, then what do they have on them or whatever? So, you know, I'm sure if you have a TV and you're a bar owner and you have nothing else to put on, I'm sure an NBA game is perfectly fine. And I don't know that it will attract people. I don't know that, you know, an NBA game will attract people to your bar, but maybe it does. I would guess, and I'm not a bar owner or a sports restaurant owner, I would guess you probably look at the number of TVs you have. And on a particular night, you say, okay, I've got 10 TVs. And you look at the local sports schedule. I mean, being down Cincinnati, I would assume that this time of year, you're playing the Reds on at least one channel. Right. Um, And you kind of go from there based on what the sports schedule is at night. Now, I can imagine at this time of year, hey, you know, put NBA games on, I guess, because there's – no football games on, um, but I, I I'm looking at it as it's not a big draw or big attraction. I mean, look at the NFL; they talk about Sunday ticket, and yeah, you can get your Sunday ticket at home. But a lot of times, the allure of Sunday ticket is, man, you know, the, the, the local bars got Sunday ticket, so if there's 20 TVs, you can have each individual game on. Right. When do you hear that about NBA League Pass? You know, I mean, it's out there; you can buy a home, but. Right. Now everyone's like, yeah, I get to watch Orlando Magic games at my bar. And and they talk about this even here in Ohio and Columbus to say, what's a good Steelers bar? And by that, they mean, hey, if you go to that bar, there's going to be a TV dedicated to the Steelers each week or, you know, the Lions or the Bengals, you know, anything that's out of network. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Craig, maybe we're not in a big basketball booming area, but – I don't see any Sacramento Kings bars around here, or uh... right. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wonder if if the the games, the basketball games that are on, are probably like the Cavs here in the in Northeast Ohio. And then I guess I'm not really sure exactly what uh, what market the the Cincinnati area covers as far as NBA teams go. Probably Cleveland, I guess, since it's really the closest NBA franchise. So. But, yeah, I mean, I don't – I'd be interesting to see if bars have, like, NBA League Pass. I mean, I know, obviously, we know they have the NFL. 
but I, I kind of am curious to see if they would even have NBA League Pass or if maybe they just put the Cavs game on and then whatever the national, you know, ESPN or TNT game is. I mean, I think if they had a number of TVs that were dedicated to different games, I, you would always have to. And, you know, with Liddy's Pub, okay, they're making a stand, whatever. I mean, I don't think it's mean that much more or less. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, what are they showing now if they're showing a ton of games? What, NHL games? I mean, hey, I like hockey, but I'm not sure if I'm going to the bar to watch a Vancouver Canucks you know, San, San Jose Sharks out of town game. You know, I'm right. sorry. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what the case is, but I mean, there's always sports. Maybe they're showing cricket. I mean, maybe we're <laughs> we're, we're yeah. going to you know, crazy out of town sports. I don't know. Well, there's always something on. Maybe cornhole. I mean, man, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, uh, possible. I, I got to say, I don't have this as a segment. Uh, let me drop this in now. Made my day yesterday. Um, you know, you always talk about, you know, hey, no matter what story I'm covering today, this is what means the most to me. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you care about what you cover, but you might sit here and say, well, I'm, I'm more thinking about this movie that just came out, even sure. though I don't normally cover that. Well, that's how it was with me. I heard yesterday uh, from my guy, Trey, uh, Trey Ryder, who we've had on the show before. Uh, from uh, the American Cornhole League and ESPN, they are coming out with a cornhole video game. I'm yeah, very right. excited about this. So <laughs> that's all I'm playing. I'm not going to Lee's Pub, you know, LeBron and no LeBron, because why go to the pub when you can play cornhole video games? Yeah, yeah. I'll well, tell you, amazing. Skip it all and play cornhole video yeah, games. Amazing. It should be great. That'll be fun. All right. Well, hey, we are developing ads. Um, it's just, it's been a long week. I haven't felt good this week. Bear with me. So we're going to do some live ads today um, for Craig. And, and, and Craig, help me out with these this, if you would. Um, check out our sponsor, Chase Bank. Now, Craig, I, I don't want to embarrass myself. I made that mistake with Brandon once. I'm not <laughs> sure where you do your banking at, but I'm sure... You want a bank you don't have to worry about. I mean, we're here in the COVID-19 era. You, you know, not many people are going into banks. You, you want to do it online. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I switched to Chase Bank. I have not had problems with Chase Bank. Um, you know, other people say, oh, I hate these fees and everything. I haven't seen fees. I haven't seen any issues. And now that we're with COVID, I can do my banking at home. Um, 99% of what we do banking-wise, I can do at home. Uh, Chase has got a nice, easy app. Uh, you can log in online. You can do all of your banking there. Uh, it just makes it easier. What you need for COVID, you want to save time. You don't want to waste time with your bank. And you might wonder, man, why are you talking about Chase? Well, they're an affiliate sponsor of ours. And if you click on the link on our on our website, viewfromthepew.club, or on the podcast notes page of whatever you're listening to the podcast in, click the link, sign up for an account, and attach a direct deposit to it, which you have to. Well, why wouldn't you attach a direct deposit to it? You'll get $200 deposit in your account, and it's going to help us out too. So why why not? I mean, you're actually getting paid to listen to our program. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel bad for some of you, but you're like, why am I listening to this? What's going on? I need my time back. Well, you're getting paid for it. This is probably going to be a 50-minute podcast today. You could get paid 200 bucks for 50 minutes. Where can you get that much pay? I mean, 
I'm thinking that nobody will pay you that much <laughs> per hour. <laughs> it's fantastic. So uh, check it out. Uh, ch- check out Chase Bank. Use our affiliate link, and uh, it'll help you and help us too. We appreciate all your help. All right, I, I think I made a live read. Man, I'm I'm growing up in this business, Craig. I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, let's go on to our second story. Um, hey, um, tonight we're going to talk. About, we're not a sports show, but Craig, I, you and I are football guys, so let's we'll talk a little bit draft later on in our show. But uh, for now, um, the team has the first pick. It's Jacksonville, and our guy Urban Meyer, he's go- he's coaching Jacksonville, so he's got a big night coming up with the first pick. And Craig, you know they're moving to Jacksonville. Why have a house in Columbus anymore? So Urban Meyer. Uh, it, it was announced that they're selling their home in Dublin, which obviously is a fluent suburb uh, northwest of Columbus. Uh, they're selling it for $1.75 million. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's um, good for them. You know, we, we just talked the other day about uh, the housing market, and it's, you know, the seller's market. And, and obviously it didn't, I mean, I don't know how long they had listed their home, but uh, good for them to be able to sell that house during the, you know, in the midst of a pandemic. And, you know, maybe I'm assuming that's what they wanted and they got what they wanted for it. So, you know, like you said, why, why, why stay in Columbus when you now seem to be committed to Jacksonville full time, they can well, always yeah. move back and find a house in Columbus when they're ready to come back to Columbus. Craig, with your high wind podcast, you don't say why stay in Columbus. Well, you should commute from Columbus. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure you could probably take a private jet every day to, to Jacksonville, but uh, that might get a little bit boring after a while to have to ride on the plane. So discussions like this are why we're we're losing at U.S. house seats. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, yeah, maybe. What if what if it was Urban Meyer and his family leaving Columbus that cost us? Uh, now, yeah. obviously, this is based on the census, so it's not possible to, you know, make that happen now. But, you know, I, I'm well, sure that at some point they will move back to Columbus. They will they will always be able to afford a house. And now after all this NFL money comes in, whether he finishes out a contract or not, he'll definitely have enough money to to move back to Columbus. But but why are we saying this? I mean, like, you know, that's like if I leave a job, I'm like, oh, stay in touch. I'll always be there. You never call him back again. I don't know if Urban's ever coming back. I mean, oh, let's he be will. honest. He would. He will. <laughs> He's I, would, I wouldn't be shocked at some point in the future. I don't know that this NFL experiment's going to work out for him. But, what? <laughs> well, but, you know, it, it's, oh, okay. it's the way the NFL works. The NFL, you know, you hire to get, you know, you're hired to get fired in most cases. Okay. And, I'm not saying that he's a bad coach, and I'm not saying that I think he's going to fail. It's just, you know, you wonder what the expectations are. If he doesn't win, he doesn't like to lose. Right. And obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars are paying him a lot of money to turn that franchise around. So if he is unable to turn that franchise around and he gets let go, he still gets his money. Now, if he resigns, he doesn't. But if he gets his, if he gets let go, he gets his money. And he can always come back to Columbus. And I'm sure at some point, Ohio State, that job could be open again. And if he wanted to get back into college, he certainly could. I'm just, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying that that's an option. And I wouldn't be shocked if that actually happens at some point in the future. Maybe, 
you know, I don't know that the NFL is going to work for him because he doesn't like to lose. And in the NFL, you're going to lose because it's at the league of parody. So you're not going to have like an Ohio state advantage where you're going to be playing against teams that you're just so much better than. So it'll be an adjustment for him, but I think he, he always knows that he can come back to Columbus. He's a, he's a, you know, he's very much celebrated there. And I think he'll be, he'll be just fine. Even if the Jacksonville thing, it fails for him. Well, let's talk about this house. We'll talk about um, yeah. the draft a little bit later. Uh, very interesting, this house. Um, they sold it for $1.75 million. Uh, they bought that house in March of 2012 for $1.45 million. So, yeah. man, Urban's getting, obviously, a lot of money to coach in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. They are also cleared 300000 on the deal. So, yeah. Uh, more of a payday as well. Um, uh, interesting. Um, I'm thinking about this, and uh, on the webs uh, on the um, Columbus Dispatch story, and we'll share a link with the podcast. There's a gallery of what the house looks like. Yeah, very beautiful. And, yeah, take a look at this. Um, Eleven thousand seven hundred square foot home, finished lower level, seven bedrooms, four full baths and four half baths on nearly two acres. Now, here's something. Now, if that's not impressive enough, um, the house is right on Murfield Golf Club. And, again, very expensive um, area. I mean, that's usually a private area. um, But that's where they have the big um, Murfield Golf Tournament here, um, you know, with Jack Nicholas and everything. So, you know, you talk about – Man, you know, that golf tournament's in. I want to get tickets. How can I go? Well, for the Myers, all they have to do is go outside. Yeah. I mean, it's literally in their backyard. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure there's a fence around their property, but yeah. you can literally walk and you can see the golf tournament play out from your house. Yeah. I mean, if you're a golf lover, this would be uh, the perfect house. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really sure if that, you know, golf club is any good, but you know. Oh, I mean, it, it, it's. I mean, they play a PGA tournament okay. there each year. Uh, okay. Jack Nicholas designed it. Okay, I, there I you mean, go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, very, very affluent area. Okay. I, I mean, honestly, we got lost. We actually went to the tournament there one year. We got lost and we went to the neighborhood, and we were getting stares. I mean, it's very private. You know, they, you know, when the golf tournament's not there, they don't want you back there. Right. Um, so very nice area. Um, in ground pools, there's uh, swimming there, four fireplaces, a spiral staircase, and a large Florida room. Oh, urban! You know, we could tell where his his mind was at, even <laughs> when he was a coach. Well, I'd say having that Florida room. Yeah, uh, he should have had a higher room. What's going on? I don't know if he has a BGSU or Utah room as well. Well, I I guess Florida room is a realty term, but, you know, come on. Urban's saying, hey, I'm headed back to Florida. Well, I do do see like a little, uh, it looks like a a gator statue on top of this side table. Urban. (laughs) I mean, it's a beautiful home and, you know, it looks, uh, you know, you know, maybe once as a, time in Jacksonville's done, he can move back to Columbus and, and get an even better job or a better home because, you know, he got more money, uh, you know, in Jacksonville. So maybe he can buy a better house. I'm sure there are better houses on the market that he could, you know, purchase in the future. 
Yeah, I, I was a little concerned with his Florida room and his Gator room as he was the highest state coach. Come on, Urban, what's going on? Yeah. Here's something that's else. That's, here's something else that we definitely need to touch on. That's interesting. Uh, there's a couple that bought the house. Um, name of Clark and Dixie May. Guess which house they bought before the Urban Meyer house? Yeah, they uh, they bought uh, uh, Luke Fickle's old house, uh, the old for the former interim coach at Ohio State and former Buckeye player and assistant, uh, now coach at Cincinnati, who's done a great job there. Um, so they must they must like collecting coaches' houses, I guess. Yeah, I mean, how strange is that? I mean. Ryan Day, be careful. I mean, you, <laughs> right. maybe Clark, put in. Clark and Dixie are looking inside your house going, hey, that looks nice. I'm ready. I mean, it was- Although it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, you read the rest of the story and even though they, you know, they obviously had, had bought the house and everything, they've actually listed the house for $1.625 million. So... Um, I wonder if they're trying to. Sell. I mean, why would they pay more for it and then sell well, it? Well, no, they're actually selling the uh, fickle house. Oh, that's right, that's right. They're selling the. I'm sorry, yeah, that's right. That's a good. You know, hey, I mean, th- does that mean that Luke Fickle's house is as good as Urban Meyer's house? Or did they sell it for upcharge? Because right, I if you maybe they fixed the, it up a little bit and yeah, if you're on really realtor dot com or 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 Zillow or wherever you find these houses at, I, I bet you, I, I wonder how long the listing goes before they say, this was owned by Luke Fickle. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I don't think it has as much cachet as uh, Urban Meyer's house would. So right. um, not that, not that Luke Fickle isn't beloved by Ohio state fans. I just feel like a lot of Ohio state fans only like Luke Fickle because he didn't have a good year in that interim as an interim coach, and then that allowed them to go get Urban Meyer to be the head coach. So I think that's that's kind of Luke Fickle's claim to fame for some Ohio State fans is that had he done a little bit better job in his interim coaching status, maybe he would have become the full-time coach, and they wouldn't have even looked at Urban Meyer. But, of course, they ended up going to Urban Meyer because they were 6-6 six and six and just had a, a little bit of a down year. I, I always wonder what old Ohio State coaches would live in, like Woody Hayes. I, I can't imagine Woody Hayes is living in Dublin. He's probably in the – do you think? No, I mean, we're talking – you know, I think I think we're talking about, you know, from past coaches' experiences, probably not. I'm not entirely sure what kind of money, you know, Woody Hayes made, but it certainly isn't the same type of money that Urban Meyer has made or – now Ryan Day makes, or even what Jim Trussell would make. So I would, I'm not saying that Woody Hayes didn't live in Dublin, but I, I, I highly doubt his uh, home would be in this mansion row kind of thing, you know, where you're in a gated community and there's a mansion, you know, one mansion after another. I would, I would guess that he, he had a nice home, but probably not quite to the level of, of uh, Luke Fickle or Urban Meyer. I mean, uh, I can imagine Woody living in a tough area of Columbus. I mean, he's a tough <laughs> guy. He'd, he'd be fighting off anybody. It'd be great. And I wonder if Clark and uh, Dixie May, the Ohio State coach, old coach houses collectors, I wonder if they used to live in Woody Hayes' house. Yeah, too bad they didn't want to comment on the story. Maybe we could have, you know, maybe someone could have asked them about, um, you know, is they have like a, an affinity for coaches' homes, and do they have Woody Hayes' home ever? So you know, 
Um, who, who's your guy, Buck Nut? Uh, the Big Nut. Yeah, the Big Nut. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The Big Nuts walk around like, hey, I make myself up for these games. I'm, you know, dressing up. I'm following the team. I, I, the Big Nuts. I, 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 you know, I used to think he was the biggest fan. I mean, Big Nuts not collecting old uh, Ohio State coaches' houses. I mean, come on, Big yeah, Nuts. Well, I think if he were to try to buy someone's home, he he definitely would want to buy Woody Hayes. He he's a Woody Hayes fan, so right. He, he's not collecting the current Ohio State coaches' houses. And no. I mean, look at, I, I, and you know that's the ultimate. I mean, you can't sit there and say, "Hey, I'm living in the dorm room that you know Justin Fields used to live in." I mean, you can't <laughs> say anymore. I mean, it's a head coach, right? Yeah. How, I mean, how bigger can you get? Yeah, this is this is the pinnacle of owning Ohio State. I wonder if you consider this like Ohio State memorabilia. Like this is the pinnacle of, you know, you own, you know, you own Urban Meyer's home. That's that's as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know how else you can do it. Now, yeah. just, just out of curiosity, I looked up. Um, whoa. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I I did a Google search for Clark and Dixie May and. Um, hey, we can actually reach out to them. <laughs> it's interesting. So, okay. I don't know. Uh, if they don't want to talk to the dispatch, I mean, I want to talk to Ohio. But no, that'll be interesting. I'm, I, I'm now fascinated by Clark and Dixie made story. Yeah. The, the couple that collects homes. I mean, it's almost even more fascinating than Urban Meyer's um, house. Yeah, I think so. Maybe we should start something new, like old. I mean, Detroit Lions have had lots of coaches. The Browns have had lots of coaches. I want Butch Davis's old house, you know, from the Cleveland Browns. Could, could you imagine? You know, you'd have to be a real estate mogul to, to own all the Cleveland Browns coaches' houses. I mean, well, I bet you if Clark and Dixie hit and say, "No, we're moving into their houses," because yeah. you know they live in the Fickle House. There's a coaching change, so you know now they're moving into the uh, Meyer House. Yeah. So I mean, so if you were the Clark and Dixie Maya Browns fans, you would be moving what once every year or something <laughs> because yeah. the Browns would change the coaches' yeah. line. It'd be a lot of a lot of movement. I don't know if it they would have to buy up a lot of real estate. Right. I mean, my assumption is that the Cleveland Browns coaches probably don't buy homes; they probably rent. But still, some of them <laughs> probably thought they were going to be there for the long haul and, and probably bought a house in the Cleveland area or the suburbs. Well, if you're a Browns coach, definitely rent. <laughs> Especially if you're <laughs> right. Um, very, very interesting. Again, we'll have some more football talk later. But uh, Mike Tomlin signed a three-year deal. Probably one of the more fascinating stories in sports. I'm biased. I'm a Steelers fan. They say if Mike Tomlin <laughs> stays the end of his current three-year deal, the Steelers will have had three coaches in the last 56 years. Yeah, that's which is incredible. Mind-boggling, uh, yeah. especially in this day. Yeah. So, well, very good. Well, good luck to Clark and Dixie, and good luck to the Myers. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite story. I I thought be I thought would love it because of Urban Myers' house. Now I'm I'm loving it for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, the Clark and Dixie May, and you know, hey, you might know Clark May, Craig, and you might say, hey, they're moving into the Urban Meyer house. Uh, maybe once COVID gets a little bit more friendly, they're going to have a housewarming party, I bet. Yeah. And, you know, if you're buddies of Clark May, um, you say, man, what can I get Clark May? Well, we have partnered with a company called the Manly Man Company, 
where they have unique gifts for the guy in your life. Um, and, you know, guys like meat. So uh, they have bouquets of meat, of like bacon and other such items like that. So, Craig, I bet from this, you and Clark May are going to become close friends. You're going to go to the Clark May housewarming party. What do you buy him? Buy him a manly man gift. Can you imagine Clark's face, Craig, when you come up to him with a bacon bouquet? I mean, he's yeah. going to be blown away. And he'll be like, man, maybe I'll let you live with me in the Ryan Day house that I'll eventually have to buy, <laughs> right. you know? Who would be fast. Say no to a bouquet of bacon? You can't say <laughs> no to that. You can't say no. <laughs> I'm sure some people are like, hey, maybe I can. But no, you can't. You shouldn't. And again, go to viewfromthepew.club. Um, or also, hey, you're listening to this podcast right now. Click on the Manly Man uh, link on the website. Shop to your heart's content. It'll help you out. It'll help the man your life. It'll help us out, too. It's going to help everybody out. So try the Manly Man Company. And, man, it'll be great. Man, two for two on these live reads, yeah. Greg. Huh? Maybe, maybe I should quit while I'm ahead. But, no, this yeah. is actually pretty good. Uh, let, let's look to another story here. Um uh, you might be like, wow, you made it for two segments and you haven't talked about COVID yet. Well, <laughs> that, that's about ready to break. Um, we talked yesterday about this new CDC guidance. And what it's pretty much saying is, um, hey, you know, if you're with family or with people you know have been vaccinated and you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask. Um, and we were talking yesterday about, man, that's a little bit more stricter than we've lived in the past. And both of us seem, we feel like we're more conservative about the um, COVID, um, you know, how we're handling COVID. Right. Um, so very, very interesting. Um, story from the Cincinnati Inquirer is saying, hey, the mask mandate in Ohio is not likely to change much following the new guidance from federal officials. Um, already Ohio says, hey, you know, you don't have to wear a mask if you're outside and you're at least six feet from another person. So it sounds like Ohio and Ohio to their credit has been more conservative on the way they've handled um, COVID and with the mask guidance and everything. Um, so there was a lot of talk about what happens with, you know, the CDC and everything. Um, what do you think about this, Craig? I, I guess the news from this, and we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, Kings Island and Cedar Point, they announced this week they're not going to require mask outdoor right. un unless, you, unless you're within six feet within each other. And they're actually saying, too, from what I understand, you don't have to wear a mask on rides. Now, I'm assuming the rides, you're, you're still going to be spaced out a little bit more on rides, I would imagine. You're up close to Cedar Point. Have you heard anything <clears throat> officially about that? I haven't heard much uh, officially about that. I mean, I know there was the story there that was announcing, uh, you know, mask requirements are kind of going a little bit away. But, you know, when you're at the park, especially if you're not going to have an attendance restriction or if you, even if you do have an attendance restriction, you know, basically what you have are long lines for people to ride rides. And unless they, you know, distance people out or have like little, you know, what they've had in the past here maybe you know paint or tape or whatever to tape off the six feet you know you're probably going to see more people wearing masks anyway because of that 
But, you know, there are going to be people that I, I think the, the confusion here is that, you know, when a park says, well, you don't have they're not required, then people automatically read that and say, well, I don't have to wear a mask anymore. And then but then they also preface it by saying, well, you know, if you if you're within six feet of people or groups or whatever, you kind of have to still wear a mask. I almost feel like it'd be better just to get the word out and say masks. You still should bring your mask to the park. And there will be areas where maybe you don't have to wear a mask and maybe they can have signage up that says you don't have to wear a mask or you don't have to wear a mask on the rides. That way there's no confusion because I can already see it now where people read that and that's all they see. They get tunnel vision. They go to the park and they don't bring a mask at all. And then they get into that situation where they're in a group or they're not able to socially distance and then there's like, well, where's your mask at? Well, I didn't bring one because you said I don't have to wear a mask in the park now. So I almost feel like they should have just kept it with the way they had it and just said there will be areas where you will not have to wear a mask inside the park. But we still encourage you to wear a mask to the park. That way you have one in the event that you need to put one on. Yeah, and I was looking through, um, there's a link in the main story that kind of talks about more of the specifics. And I, I, I guess the only thing that concerns me is they right. talk about there's, in most rides, there's going to be no restrictions to ride capacity. I guess the only thing that makes me nervous is, like, they talk about guidance for churches, and they say, you got to be careful with the singing, because, yeah. you, you know, once you sing, it, you're kind of more rest you know, droplets are arising because you sing, you're right. expelling more energy or whatever the case might be. I would imagine the same thing would be true on the rides. Now, you're not singing, but, you know, you might be nervous, um, you know, if you got sick or something like that. I know it doesn't happen a ton, but... Right, well, yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of yelling and screaming, and, you know, obviously... Most people are pointed in a certain direction, but then there are people behind you. There are people in front of you. So, you know, does your screaming project enough to get to those people? I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, I know we've, we've always been cautious with COVID and I know we've kind of debunked a little bit of the surface issues, you know, with touching surfaces and getting COVID that way. But, you know, I, I think it's just better safe than sorry. And, you know, maybe people in the front row don't have to wear a mask. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's it's too confusing. And I think it's better just to have one singular, you know, idea and say, you got to wear a mask unless we have an area that says you don't have to wear a mask. That way people know for a fact what the park rules are, as opposed to kind of getting this, oh, well, they're not going to be required unless we can't socially distance. And then, you know, some people might say, well, that's in the eye of the beholder on how you feel like we're socially distanced at this ride or at this concession stand or whatever it may be. So I think it's better to probably have a, a, a you know, a bigger picture of what you want to do as a park. And then maybe when people get into the park, that's when you can say there are designated areas where you don't have to wear a mask. There are areas where you should wear a mask. And then, you know, maybe they'll have people walking around saying, hey, you guys need to put masks on because you can't distance or whatever it may be. But right now it's, it's probably just uh, in theory, it's, it's probably great news for a lot of people, but I just wonder how the execution is going to be, you know, as, as we start the season here soon. Yeah. It brings up a reminder and Craig, I'm not sure if you even talked to you about this offline, 
Um, we are slated, hopefully in the near future, um, we've been playing a little bit of uh, DM tag on Twitter, uh, but Chad Showalter, uh, he's the main PR guy for Kings Island. Uh, know him from the past. Hopefully he'll come on the show before long. Uh, he's been talking about it, and, um, you know, they are been busy with the opening of Kings Island, but we'd love to have him on, not just to grill him about uh, COVID, but just, you know, see what's happening at Kings Island and um, see what's going on with that. So, should be good. Well, uh, Craig looks like he's getting adjusted. And as he's getting adjusted, I, I got to tell you, Craig, when I think about places like Kings Island and Cedar Point, I'm not a big ride guy. I get nervous on the roller coasters. I would rather stay on the couch. And, yes, I want to go to Kings Island and Cedar Point, but I'm not excited about the roller coasters. When I think about a great ride, I think about laying on my couch. And when I think about couches, I think about Ashley Homestore. Man, the transitions are fantastic, Craig. (laughs) I was nervous about this, but this is great. Um, You know, Ashley Homestore – Great place to go for any type of furniture needs. Um, you know, hey, you look around your house, you might be like, man, my couch has seen better days. Uh, we have a love seat uh, in our uh, front uh, front room of the house, and Dyer loves it, but there's a rip. And we got to say, man, we even need a new couch cover, or we just need to buy a new love seat. Well, where do you go? Go to Ashley Home Store. Uh, they got many locations around Ohio, uh, many locations to um, choose new furniture. And and you know what? It's not even going there. I mean, you might be busy. You might be like, hey, COVID, I don't know if I want to go in person. Check it out online. And, and that's really what we want you to do. Uh, because if you go to our View from the PD.club uh, page or the podcast page that you're listening to this podcast in, click on Ashley Home Store, do your browsing. Shop on there. They got deals, online deals for you. They can even deliver it to you. So check it out online as well. Ashley Home Store, great place to go. All right. Well, Craig, we only have a few minutes left, so we can't really break this down too much. But got to tell you, Craig, I'm excited. Tonight's the NFL draft. Uh, NFL right now, it's my main sport. Uh, Steelers are my uh, go-to. Looking forward to watching it tonight. Um, it's especially of interest for us here in Ohio, not just the fact we have two local professional teams with the Bengals and the Browns. Uh, it's also up in Cleveland. So it'll be interesting to see, um, couple sidelights. Um, they're going to have in the second round, a lot of former players announced the picks. Um, so for the Steelers would be Franco Harris. Um, I don't know if you noticed, Craig, in the last couple of years when they did that, I mean, you know, last year they didn't because having a totally virtual draft with right. COVID. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times players talk some smack. Um, there was once, um, I think it was an Eagles kicker that was yelling at Cowboys fans as they were announcing the pick and everything. Craig, I want to see more of that. I want to see more booing. I want, I want to see, I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, but I want to see some, you know, booing when the Steelers make their pick or anything else like that. I'm sure there will be plenty of booing. I I think it's going to be a a fun event. Um, I don't always love all the hoopla around the draft with all the fans and stuff, but, you know, they they do do a pretty good job, I think, now of cutting through the the minutia of having the the commissioner read off picks by having the old players come back and having fans read off picks is kind of fun, too, and gets people involved. I think they do a really good job of all the professional sports out there, the NFL draft, 
really does provide a lot more fan interaction and access and and gives you a, a sense of you know of history by having some of the older players come back and announce picks sometimes i think it probably takes them a little longer than it needs to for a draft like that because you know you only have so many minutes to to pick and obviously jacksonville already is they already know who they're picking but they have 10 minutes to decide and they'll probably take all 10 minutes so create some drama there but uh you know, hopefully the rain holds off. It is expected to rain up here uh, today, especially for the draft. So hopefully it's not too bad. But I think, you know, getting back to normal with the NFL draft, I think you're going to see a lot of people, you know, come down by the lake and, and experience that after what we've seen in Chicago and Nashville the last few years, which were really cool events too. And if you're looking for a place to follow the coverage locally, um, beaconjournal.com. Uh, Support local journalism. I had a meeting with one of the Akron editors, and he said, Chris, you're going to get a ton of draft coverage. I'm like, well, I'm off at 430. Uh, Isn't a draft at night? And he's like, no, we're going to have coverage all throughout the day. <laughs> uh, Beacon Journal reporter Craig Webb will be there. So, okay. yeah, check, yeah, definitely check that out. It should be interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun day. Um, I got to say, and I got to yell about first world problem because this is live. We're submitting this the same day. I don't know what happened. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the pre-draft coverage is uh, ESPN has their NFL Nation mock draft uh, mm-hmm. where um, ESPN has um, beat writers for each of the teams that they'll go on uh, sports center to talk about issues that come up, and they'll write stories for ESPN.com. I'm not sure if it got canceled with COVID, but I set it up to record on my DVR last night. I got up this morning going, man, I want to watch me some NFL Nation mock draft. It didn't pop up. Oh. So I don't know if it got canceled. I don't know if my DVR is on the fridge or not, but I was disappointed. I got to tell you, I don't think it would ever be as great as it was a couple of years ago. I had a friend that used to work for ESPN that was telling me about that night, and I was following along. I don't know if you remember Bill Polian. Uh, he was a former official yep. with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Well, he was a broadcaster for ESPN. And my friend was telling me uh, he actually was a producer at the time. He was uh, kind of behind the stage during that night, that mock uh, draft over at ESPN. He's like, it's going to be an interesting night. I'm not sure why, but it'll be interesting. So they brought in a gong for Bill Polian. Because Bill Pullian's a grumpy old dude. Yeah. And they said, Bill, if there's any pick you don't like, hit the gong and tell us why you don't like it. Bill Pullian must have been a bad move. Maybe got in this argument with his wife. I, I don't know what happened. There was like 32 picks that night. 29, he hit the gong, like, real loud. <laughs> he said, yelling at people. So they had these, like, you know, innocent young reporters, some young female reporters come up, and he was banging the gong, yelling at everybody about their bad picks. Like, he's like, yeah. no team's not going to do that. He starts yelling. And then it just, it, it, it got hysterical because everybody was laughing at him. And then finally, the last pick, I can't remember who picked what, but they're like, and everyone looked at him thinking he was going to freak out and lose his mind again. He stood up and started clapping. He's like, finally, a good pick. So it just made me laugh. Yeah. I, I, I love old, cranky guys. 
um, you know, the Don Rickles, the um, Jerry Stiller, you know, from Seinfeld and King of Queens fame. Uh, the late Don Imus was an old cranky grump. Um, we're losing him. Yeah. I don't have that many old cranky grumps that are still alive. <laughs> I mean, probably my favorite one now is Tony Kornheiser. I'm a Michael Wilbon's getting old too. I mean, I, I love watching him yell at each other and they're doing good natured fun. But man, that, that was a good night. I mean, maybe we need to bring Bill Pullian back as the Jeopardy host. I mean, he's got, or, or Kornheiser as the Jeopardy host. So yeah. it should be yeah. good. Um, quick pick because I, we got to run. Um, you're a Lions fan. They pick six, I think, six or seven. Seventh, seventh yeah. I, I'm thinking that the guy quarterback, I'm not sure if I, I believe in Jared Goff, but no, no I don't. Uh, the guy start him. I mean, I, I can't imagine they're not going to start him since they yeah. pay him a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking what receiver or, or offensive line, right? It seems like receiver, I think, is a good bet. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade down, and I probably wouldn't be opposed to them trading down. But I think if they stick there, you know, if there's no quarterback available for someone to trade up to get, I think they'll trade. They'll, they'll probably take a receiver. Well, and there's a couple good receivers out there that could definitely help. Uh, Lions are in trouble. I'm not sure one good receiver will help, but yeah, they're terrible. They're going to be terrible. They, they're going to be they're going to be picking one or two probably next year. Let's put it that way. I, I think the interesting picks going to come with Atlanta, which looks like they might be going quarter, quarterback or yeah. or trading for somebody who wants a quarterback. Right. If they do that, Cincinnati at five could be the first team that definitely would not be picking a quarterback. And I think that's going to help teams like Detroit. There is a couple really good receivers that yeah. I don't think would totally turn the lines around, but I think it would give Goff a possibility of having a decent year. I'm yeah. not sure what receivers the Lions have. Now they could help them. I think a good receiver could help. Uh, I'm a Steelers fan. Steelers picked 24. Eh, I would imagine, I mean, the running game was hideous last year. Mm -hmm. I would hope, but the good running backs, uh, Najee Harris of uh, Alabama and uh, Travis Etienne of Clemson, there's a possibility both of them may not be available 24, so they may have to go a different direction. They also need offensive line help, and they also need, uh, there's a couple linebackers that could help them out too. Um very interesting, Craig. Steelers were twelve and four last year, and they've got now five hundred holes on their team. So it doesn't feel like a team that was twelve and four. No. If you think of a twelve and four team, you're like, man, you know, we all have right. holes. Let's yeah. just pick somebody we can even get better on. And this year, we're like, oh, we got some holes. to be in this. Yeah, they're they're going in the other direction. So, and they, for, they need a good draft. And for our Browns and Bengals uh, fans out there. Uh, I would imagine Browns pick 26. I heard some rumors about them potentially trading up a little bit. I don't think they're going to trade up a lot. I mean, they're not going to go up to number one or anything. Um, I would imagine defense. I mean, their defense has been the problem in years past. Yeah. Um, some say could be a receiver. I mean, Odell Beckham, you never know if he's going to get traded or not. I don't expect him to be traded tomorrow night. But right. he's an injury risk. I mean, you can't count Odell. 16 games a year. Uh, Jarvis Landry, um, he keeps producing. He's solid. He's not dominant, and he's getting older. So I could see potentially them surprising people, maybe even going receiver. If I had to bet money, though, it's probably going to be a defensive guy. because the Browns I think so. 
The Browns did a decent job in, the, in free agency addressing some of their free agent concerns, but I think they still need help defensively if they could. Yeah. And then uh, Bengals, man, we're talking to draft experts now. This is great. <laughs> um, yeah, Bengals have a quarterback. They got Joe Burrow. I'm not sure if, if Joe Burrow's totally proven himself, but why draft another quarterback when you have a franchise quarterback you're trying to develop? Right. Um, uh, Sewell, this guy from Oregon, had a lot of um, interest, but now there's some people saying, hey, uh, you know, A.J. Green left, yeah. and, he, and he was getting older anyway. The Bengals have a couple decent young receivers, but why not get a, a super stud? So uh, Jamar Chase um, was uh, right. Burrow's teammate. Uh, some people were talking about that. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bengals go receiver or offensive line kind of reminds you of what might be happening to Detroit, too. So, just everybody before the Steelers, stop drafting running backs, you know? (laughs) Give us a chance of maybe drafting a running back or, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I fall asleep early, and the Steelers draft 24. (laughs) So, I'll make sure I DVR it. I'll just have to watch coverage tomorrow. So, very good. Um, Quick preview. Again, we're we're giving you the same content. We're not changing the show. We're kind of changing the way it's delivered, I guess. So tomorrow we will unleash all of Craig's pop culture. Uh, how many hours did you put together? Probably at least, what, 250 hours? <laughs> I, it, seems I, like I, it seems like I've watched about that much. but right. uh, There's not yeah, even have- that many hours in the week. How did you do that? How did you produce... More uh, content to hours in the week. Yeah, well, it yeah. seems like at times you do when you have to watch stuff, and then right. but no, we, uh, you know, Bob Garver and I talked about the Oscars, and he also reviewed a couple movies, and then I reviewed a few things as well. So, uh, you know, there shouldn't be a shortage of things to watch this weekend for anybody looking to stream, or if you're not watching the NFL draft, you know, you can uh, binge some uh, some series or some uh, movies this weekend. I, I joke saying it's 200 hours. It's probably probably a good hour uh, long of content when you combine everything together. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, and then Saturday, um, we've got a it just we're technically calling it the Paul and Joe show, but it's just extra content for those guys from the week. Um, you know, Paul, Joe, and I uh, make fun of the dude that you know blew up stuff for gender reveal party. And Paul's got some book reviews. And Sunday's eventually going to be a best of. We're going to pick some, uh, you know, segments that went really well. Um, but for now, we're going to have um, kind of interviews. We'll, we'll share interviews this week from Danny King and Sharita Gaucher. All right. Well, Craig, as always, it's been great. I got to run, but have a great day. And for Craig, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Ohioan. And check out Hope Interrupted. Uh, New podcast dropped yesterday, and we're going to end with the ad for Hope Interrupted. You'll hear that right after this podcast. Have a good one, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.